Hello and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. This is Michael Benner in Los Angeles. And I appreciate you being here for the Mystery School. We're here every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific, followed by the premium training at 10.30 Pacific. That's 18 hours, 18.30 universal time now that we're in the winter. And I very much appreciate you being here. We're a couple of minutes late this morning. Had a little problem, but everything is looking good now, so... Let's begin with our webinar for the day today. Our class is on the four ancient elements, air, earth, fire, and water, and what they represent symbolically. To me, it's most interesting that with a couple of variations, these basic elements were discovered by our ancient ancestors in virtually every culture and every society around the world, whether it's medieval or ancient Egyptian or Middle Eastern, Persian or Chinese or European or the shamans of North, Central, and South America, Eskimos, other indigenous people, their medicine people, their witch doctors, their shamans, their wizards and witches, all seem to work with the same basic elements. Yeah, there are a few variations beyond air, earth, fire, and water. The Chinese, I believe, include wood and, in some systems, metal. And sometimes air is called wind. In Genesis, it's referred to as the word. In the beginning, there was the word, which is breath or wind or air. The idea of God breathing life into form is found again in different cultures all around the world, cultures that would never have been in contact with each other, and yet arrived at the same basic world view in ancient times. What's imperative that we understand in modern times about our ancestors in this regard is that they did not take these elements as literal, or to whatever extent they did, they were quick to include the allegory, the metaphor, or the symbol. And so we have to discuss here in the Free Forum webinar, and we'll get into this in more detail in the premium training that follows in a few minutes for those of you who have enrolled or will be enrolling. What do these four elements represent, and how are they used by shamans and wizards and alchemists to both manifest and refine or uplift form? And by that, I mean not only objects, but relationships, states, and conditions. And where does this all begin? Just how far back can we go? I think we really have to begin with the ancient Egyptian alchemy and its rediscovery in Europe in the Middle Ages, uh, the early Renaissance era, 
part of that rebirth was a rediscovery of Egyptian alchemy. And in particular, the second rubric or law or principle of a codec called the Emerald Tablet, written by the prophet of ancient Egypt, Hermes. Hermes Mercurius Trismegistus, who in the Greek pantheon of gods is known as Hermes, in the Roman pantheon as Mercury, and in both cases is represented by a man with winged feet and sometimes little wings on his cap. And he carries a caduceus, like a scepter or a magic wand that often has two intertwined snakes, the Ida and Pingala, the polarities of the life force, positive and negative, the yin and yang of things, winding up this caduceus or this stick to, again, a pair of wings at the top. We see this in the totem poles of northwestern United States. Indigenous people often topped their totem poles with eagle wings. And we see this in other cultures and societies, obviously. The birds flew high, close to the heavens. Even Jesus made reference to the idea that heaven is not above you or the birds would <laughs> the birds would get there before you. Or Christ is talking about heaven being within and outside of you, inside you, outside of you, everywhere equally present. He's speaking to the shamans and the alchemists and the medicine men who may have been taking the idea of winged flight and birds being closer to heaven a little bit too literally. And even today, there are many people that take religious scripture, Christian or otherwise, far too literally. And that's the danger if we look at air, earth, fire, and water as if our ancestors took it literally when they clearly understood the symbology. So it was a real man who later became a god in the Greco-Roman pantheon of gods, Hermes and Mercurius, believed to be a real teacher, sometimes called the Atlantean. Others say that Hermes is referred to by various names in the Old Testament as well, and that he was the ancient prophet that wrote the Emerald Tablet of Egyptian alchemy at the time even before the pyramids and the Sphinx were built 4,000 to seven or 8,000 years ago. It now looks like the Sphinx is much older than the pyramids, maybe twice as old, because it's been significantly eroded by rainwater, and it hasn't rained heavily in that part of the world around Cairo for about 8,000 years. So... We're taking another look at just how ancient the Egyptian society really is. But it's right there in the Middle East, in northern Africa. We know all human beings came out of Africa 150 to 200,000 years ago. We all carry the same marker gene 
of a small tribe of about 10,000 people in West Central Africa. So the idea that some of the oldest civilizations would be there is quite understandable and, and expected. And so the second rubric or second law or principle of Hermes' emerald tablet is as above, so below. This is a reference not only to the wings on the caduceus or to the idea of Hermes or Mercury having winged feet. This is the idea that spirit is everywhere and the material world is a reflection or an outpicturing of that everywhere equally present energy, that magnetic force field known as spirit, the spiritual realms, or sometimes the ethers, and that energy equals mass. That's basically the way Einstein said it almost a hundred years ago, and certainly many thousands of years after Hermes said, as above, so below. Energy equals mass, spirit equals matter. There's only ultimately two things going on in the universe. One is energy, and one is the physical dense form that it takes, or one could argue appears to take. So a magician or an alchemist, a wizard or a medicine person, a shaman, is one in pre-religious times who sought to wield that energy, and that magic or occult powers or the miracles of Christ or others is an experiment, an experience. A experiment may not be the right word in some cases if we're talking about great masters like Christ or, or Buddha, but certainly there are lesser evolved prophets and Buddhas and those that sought to wield that consciousness known as the Christos. So maybe we could use experiment in that sense more loosely. But all of us, even unconsciously, are manifesting energy into our lives as form, again, as objects, but also as relationships, as states and conditions. Christ said simply, whatever you sow, you reap. The concept in the East is karma. What goes around comes around. You tend to go where you look and get what you expect because consciousness and thoughts are, by their very nature, magnetic. But the alchemists, the magicians, the shamans, the medicine men and women would attempt to apply these principles for healing or for other forms of manifestation to enhance their ability to develop their skills and their powers at bringing energy into the material world. And they often did it by appropriating these four elements. Now, I'm going to tell you what they represent in a little bit about how they were pulled upon how they were used symbolically. But 
I want to make sure that you know how to enroll for the premium training because it gives us much more time to go into detail about the nature of these ancient elements and how they were used. The premium training follows at 10.30. That's just about 11 minutes from right now if you're listening to us live. If you're listening to the replay streaming or the podcast, it's already passed. But like this program, both the free forum and the premium training are always available by replay on demand. That's the good news. Although this free forum is podcast, the premium training is not. You can enroll at our main website, theagelesswisdom.com. After the W's, it's the T-H-E, W's dot theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars and then on premium training. And with your bank card, your ATM card, wherever in the world you happen to be, you'll be able to enroll in just a matter of minutes. The thank you page will give you the URL, the website address, and the passwords you need to join us, whether live or by replay at your convenience. And there's an email that'll follow up and confirm that URL and password. Hold on to that email in case you're not able to listen to the whole program right away. You can always go back in. You want to hold on to that password, you see, as as well as the URL. TheAgelessWisdom.com. Click on webinars and then premium training. Anytime after the event, up until the next newsletter comes out, you'll get the just past training. You'll get the link to a day later, two or three days later, four days later, right up until the next newsletter comes out. And then at that point, you'll get the upcoming program. All right. Air, earth, fire, and water correspond to the lower trinity in man. The trinity in man, the mental, emotional, and physical nature of humans is itself a lower correspondence of the divine trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or the Father, Son, and Mother aspect of divinity, the Father being God's will, the Son being divine love, and the Mother, or Holy Spirit aspect, being the body of God, the physical dense universe. The lower correspondence of that, as I say, mental, emotional, and physical. Well, how do the four elements correspond to those three parts in the following way? I'll do it from the bottom up. The physical body itself corresponds to the ancient element of earth. That seems to make sense. We're grounded in the physical earth And so all energy, just like lightning, looks for a ground. Electricity is always looking for the ground. Circuits are grounded. Even your automobile or electrical circuits in a boat have to be grounded, in this case to the water, but most ground is earth, terra firma, dirt and rocks and soil. And indeed, that's what our bodies are made out of. So the physical dense 
is earth. The emotional nature, the second of the three, corresponds to water. And this too makes perfect sense symbolically as all over the world universally the archetype for emotions is water. Anybody that dreams of water is experiencing a symbolic reflection of something emotional. Is it a big wave like a tsunami that's overwhelming you? Those are your emotions. Is the water frozen? Is it snow or ice? Is it a smooth, clear lake or is it muddy? Water corresponds to the emotional nature. The third part of man, physical, emotional, mental being the next layer up, corresponds to the element of fire. This is purgation, the idea that fire transforms and purifies. This is like the Athenor of the ancient alchemist who would burn gold ore at high temperatures to eliminate the dross or the impurities so that only the purest gold is left at the end of the process. And life is seen in the same way, that our thoughts and our attitudes, our beliefs and knowledge, our intelligence is purified by experience. And through various trials and tribulations and the challenges of life, we become refined, we get better, we become more pure, more godlike, And it's adversity that is the fires of transformation that purges or the process of purgation is usually thought of as a fiery cleansing. Even hellfire originally was a reference to purgation or purgatory as purifying one and preparing them for heaven. Well, If the lower three, the physical, emotional, and mental, corresponding to the divine trinity, have their relationship with earth and water and fire, where does air fit in? Well, air overshadows and is behind and between and everywhere equally present. Air is in fire. Air is in water. Air is in earth. Any farmer or gardener knows that. Air is everywhere, and so is spirit, everywhere equally present. The kingdom is within, outside of you, above you, below you. It's everywhere. And so air being everywhere equally present, whether it's called air or the wind or aloha in Hawaii literally means the breath of God to breathe into the nostrils, to give life to. Air is the soul, it's the awareness, it's the consciousness aspect that imbues the lower three with life, illumining or illuminating and animating life. So there you go. From the top down, it's air, fire, water, and earth, in terms of the soul, the mental, emotional, and physical nature of man. In magic, they're appropriated in different orders depending upon the teacher, and we'll talk about what that means, to appropriate 
these four elements in the wielding of magic and the use of divine love, always for the greatest good of all concerned. To use magic or occult or mystical powers for the separated self is dark magic. You always want to work spiritually for the greater good of all concerned with regard to the impact on every single living form, human, animal, plant, mineral kingdom, to the exclusion of no one or nothing. And that's an important distinction. That's all we have time for in the free forum. Hope you'll meet us in the premium training in a few minutes. We'll also have a program from our archives on the same topic, the four elements of the ancient alchemists and magi. And thank you very much for being here. Appreciate it. Whether you listen live or by podcast, love to have you email us too. Just use my initials MB like Michael Benner or Mary Baker MB at theagelesswisdom.com. I read all my emails myself and I'll respond personally and be happy to hear from you. Have a great day. Again, talk to you next week at the same time. Thank you for being here. And as always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from L.A.